Hi, this is Seema Verma, and I'm here with Pastor Tony Robinson, and he's with Torah Ministries, and he's going to be talking a very interesting way today to learn the Bible and, and understand deeper meaning of what God is trying to say. Uh, I'm going to mess up this word, even though I've said it to myself <laughs> many times. Is a chiastic structure, and he has a very interesting way of uh, reading the Bible uh, that has, uh, and then we're going to go through some of those examples and how to apply it. And then perhaps he can tell us, uh, knowing he's done this already with the book of Revelation and his teaching, they're all available on his website and he has a YouTube channel as well, which I'll post that at the end of the podcast. But, uh, I also wanted to find out, uh, based on what he's already learned himself, uh, what he thinks he sees for the book of Revelation that applies to us that's going on right now and perhaps what's coming down the road. So I'm going to introduce you to Pastor Robinson. Hi, Tony. Hi, Pastor. Hey, Seema. How are you guys? How are you doing? And hello to everyone else also. Yeah, thank you for doing the podcast. So uh, tell me about this method that uh, you teach in your ministries. Okay, so um, I talk about uh, thematic analysis which is uh, studying the scriptures uh, thematically. Um, let me give you um, just a little bit of background. So as I started studying my uh, Jewish roots back in the early 2000s, um, I began to study, um, I wanted, I began to study the entire Bible. So as a, I got saved in 1980, and most of my studies were in the New Testament. Um, I would venture into the Old Testament every once in a while, um, but, you know, things were just kind of crazy in the Old Testament. You've got fish swallowing people and then yeah. the person coming out alive. You've got mm -hmm. people running faster than horses. You know, it's just it was just kind of a. Uh, it was like, well, what does all of this mean? Um, but anyway, I, I just began searching and I, I came across a Jewish rabbi and um, I read an article that he had written. And from the very first time I read the article uh, by that rabbi, I, I just said to myself, I don't know what he's doing, like how he's studying, but whatever this is, whatever he's doing, this is this is what I've been looking for. And basically, uh, he taught me how to how to study thematically and thematic when you study thematically what that means is that um you basically as you read scripture um if you see a particular word phrase theme situation circumstance or event and if it reminds you if it reminds you of a similar theme word situation uh, circumstance or event in another story you've made what's called a thematic connection now this happens to us all the time right this we all do this every time you open the bible pretty much um you uh, are making thematic connections but what i didn't know is that uh, that's one of the that is the primary way or one of the primary ways that the holy spirit wants to lead us and guide us through his scriptures. And so it's kind of like uh, divine reference sources already. So what I found is that as I began to study, as I began to make these thematic connections, I began to see um, certain uh, patterns uh, in the scripture, thematic patterns uh, arise in the scripture. And so for instance, um, 
you know, when I was reading um, in the book of Genesis, when you read about Adam and Eve, right, you, 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 you read about, you know, God creating a special people, Adam and Eve, and putting them in a special land, the Garden of Eden. And then one day I was thinking, wow, that kind of reminds me of the nation of Israel. You mm-hmm. know, they were God's special people and he put them in a special land, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, you think about the fact that um, God gave them uh, a specific rule, Adam and Eve. It was actually a kosher requirement. He said, you can eat this, but you can't eat that. Okay. And then I thought, wow, that kind of reminds me of Adam and Eve, you know, right. You know, because of the kosher laws, you can eat certain things, but you can't. Um, And then another, another, another thing is um, Adam and Eve, their ultimate punishment their punishment for their sin was they were kicked out of the garden. Well, uh, in Deuteronomy, it says that Adam and Eve's ultimate, I mean, uh, it says that uh, the children of Israel, their ultimate punishment was that they would be kicked out of the land of Israel. And so you see, you start, you start. And so as you begin to compare the story of Adam and Eve with the story of Israel, you begin to see these thematic patterns come up. And then the last one I'll share there uh, is that, um, uh, and with Adam and Eve, you uh, remember that uh, when he kicked them out, he he put two cherubim or cherubs with a flaming sword. And um, so when you read about the children of Israel, he said, I'm going to uh, kick you out of the land. And he said, I'm going to send a sword after you in all, among all the nations. And so, again, we see their punishment of, of Adam and Eve was exile from the special land that God had given them. And we see the same thing uh, with uh, the children of Israel. They had to suffer exile from the special land. And there, there are many, many other thematic connections between Adam and Eve and Israel but it becomes abundantly clear that the story of Adam and Eve is actually a prophetic foreshadowing of God and his dealings with his special people, the nation of Israel. And so, um, you know, there are just tons of connections uh, between them. And so that's the kind of thing that starts happening when you see a thematic connection in one place, and then you thematically connected to another story. And you should begin to ask, once you see one connection, you should keep reading both stories and then say, do I see any other connections? And sometimes you'll find a gold mine, like in this, in this instance here. Very interesting. Um, It's like parallel stories that could be applied for just about any generation. And that also reminds me, that's a good point that you made that, you know, it's very parallel to the Israelites story. What about like the uh, America where I feel like God had gathered people to this nation where mm-hmm. it was prosperous and now it's kind of turning. Mm-hmm. That, are we going to fate, uh, see the similar fate of going into exile? Uh, it certainly seems that way. And uh, I mean, there, there, there are a lot, there are many parallels between Israel and the United States you know, that, you know, a special, a special land for special people, uh, a land that was blessed. Yeah. Uh, Cause I'm sure, you know, Israel at their Zenith, they were blessed by God and then they turned from him and that's what's happening in America right now. So you can easily see that repeating theme there. Yeah. So it's a lot of, uh, you know, history that you kind of have to decipher. And so it, 
I mean, I agree with you that, you know, from beginning to end, there's so much references to what's going on now. Um, so I'm going to, um, is there a particular passage that we could do this uh, uh, thematic scheme to figure out, like, what's maybe relevant for us today? Yeah, so um, let's take uh, let's take Genesis, the uh, account of the creation. We can we can uh, take the Genesis account of the creation, and we can compare that to um, the uh, Noah's flood. That would be a good example. So that would be uh, Genesis uh, one through three. Uh, there are a number of themes there that we can compare to Genesis 7 through 9 that I can give you. So, for instance, how about Genesis 1 verse 2? That would, that, would, uh, that would be one verse. And then another verse would be Genesis 7, 17 through 24. Um, so let's just take 1. Uh, through 24. So... Uh, what I'm going to compare is I'm just what I want to do is I want to show you how there are a number of themes in the creation account that reappear in uh, the story of Noah's flood. All right. So Genesis one, two, it says now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep. That word formless and empty, those two words are tohu vabohu and also darkness. Now, those words used elsewhere in the Bible, they mean, they mean um, chaos, emptiness, nothingness, confusion, and devastation. That's how, they, that's how they translate it. Well, if you compare that to Genesis 7, chapter 7, verses 17 through 24, um, Genesis chapter 7, verses 17 through 24, it's going to describe to you um, the situation on the earth at Noah's flood. And so you can imagine um, the darkness uh, as the waters began to um, fall from the sky and come up from the earth. And you could imagine the chaos, the emptiness, the confusion, the destruction on the earth as people, you know, people were losing their lives as the waters continued to rise and rise. So in other words, the, the destruction, uh, the, the Genesis, uh, in the Genesis account, Genesis 1 of creation, the, it speaks of the earth in that formless and empty, that tohu vabohu of total like devastation and ruination. And that is what was happening um, in Genesis. Uh, so that's one thing. All right. So here's another connection. In Genesis chapter one, verse two, the second half of the verse, it says, and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, right? So uh, Genesis 1, 2b, it says, and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Well, if you go to Genesis chapter 8, verse 1, there is a connection to Genesis chapter 8, verse 1, where it says, then, uh, and it says, and he sent a wind over the earth. Now in Hebrew, the word for wind, spirit, uh, spirit and breath is all the same word. So in the Hebrew, in Genesis 1-2, it says, and, and the ruach of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then in Genesis 8-1, it says, and he sent a ruach over the earth. Okay, so that's kind of the second connection there between those two. Okay, now let's... What are you Sorry, saying that he... Uh, sent his spirit or mm -hmm. a wind of wind meaning what 
So in this case, in Genesis 8, the proper interpretation of ruach should be wind. Okay? It should be wind. Uh, in Genesis 1, the proper interpretation is spirit. Okay. Uh, but the yeah. Main point is that it is the same word, though. You know, it, okay. is, it is one in the same Hebrew word. Uh, which can mean either, you know, breath, wind, or, or spirit, depending on context. So it's basically saying that God sent his spirit all over the earth, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And right? then you also made a connection in one of the Psalms in your videos. Um, let me see if I can pull that up. So chiastic structure is essentially a thematic method of organizing the narratives of the Tanakh. Uh, and also the New Testament. Uh, a story is typically divided into two halves, and in the first half, you may have certain themes developed. Let's say theme one, theme two, theme three, and theme four. And then that will be those four themes may be in the first half of the story. And then um, the, in the second half of the story, you will see the same themes in, uh, in the first half of the story, but they will be in reverse order. So whereas theme one was first in the first half, as you read down the story, theme one will be last in the second half of the story. And so you see it kind of makes a little arrow here, the way I have it here. And so all of the themes in the first half will be repeated in the second half of the chiastic structure. And both of them point to what is called the central axis, usually. Now, sometimes this central axis does not exist, and uh, we'll talk about those. But uh, basically, that is what a thematic, that is what a chiastic structure is. Now, there's another thematic pattern in the scripture. Sometimes they, uh, these chiastic structures take on a form called a parallelism. And in a parallelism, the themes in the first half, theme one, two, three, and four, will repeat themselves in the second half, themes one through four. And so that right there is a parallelism. So let's look at a, a small chiastic structure here. I'm going to look at a very, very small chiastic structure. It's found in Psalm 33, verse 6. It says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, all the host of them, by the breath of his mouth. Okay, so now this is where you see why it's important to study thematically or how how you do that. Uh, basically, um, many people, they, they say that this is just part of the poetry of the Bible. You've heard of prose and poetry. And uh, some people think that the scriptures are written this way uh, just to be poetic when that is absolutely not the case because uh, one of the things we want to do is we want to show you how these chiastic structures and parallelisms actually teach you theology. But uh, as you can see here, it just looks as if uh, the psalmist has repeated himself by the word of the Lord, where the heavens made all the hosts and by the breath of his mouth. Here's the chiastic structure. Clearly the word word in the phrase word of the Lord is thematically connected uh, to the word and phrase breath, breath of his mouth. And the heavens here is thematically connected to the host of them. Now, if we divide this one little verse in half, if we divide it in half, we can see that the two themes in the first half have been repeated in the second half in reverse order. Okay? So that's, that's the main point we want to make there. Now, what you may not know is that your whole Bible uh, as written this way, and all of the stories of the Bible are written this way. The point of that video was that uh, it was like four verses, and you did it in your somatic way. And mm -hmm. 
I tied that where it was like the first line was, you know, introducing God's word. And mm-hmm. The fourth line was introducing the breath to mean that those two are synonymous. Mm-hmm. So when I see that and what we're talking about with, what, you know, earlier about Genesis 8, mm-hmm. it seems like that what he actually put in Adam was his word as well, that if breath was synonymous to his word. Okay, I see. Yeah, I see the connection. Yeah. You can go to your website, and I know you have very uh, examples there, is you have resources available that, well, we could talk about the book of Re- Revelation. That's it, right there. Okay. Um, okay, so this is, uh, this is Revelation chapter 12, and uh, what I've done with the book of Revelation is I've uh, gone through it thematically and looked at um, all of the different chiastic structures in the book of Revelation. And um, Revelation chapter 12 is the most important book in the book of Revelation. So the entire book of Revelation is actually a, uh, a, a chiastic structure. So, oh, you know what? As a matter of fact, let's do this. Jump back out for a second. Jump back out. I want to, before we do this, now go back up to the top. Let's go back up. Let me see. Do I have, I'm just trying to see if I have the general outline that that here you have one to 22 yes do that click on that guy there okay there we go all right this is excellent all right we made it all right so this is this right here is a thematic summary of the entire book of revelation Okay, so I, and I can walk you through some of this. So again, what, what I do is I look for themes that repeat. When you look for themes that repeat, what's going to happen is you're going to see that the book of Revelation is written in a chiastic structure. And this is what a chiastic structure is. A chiastic structure is when you take a story and the story is typically told in two halves. So you have the first half of the story and the second half of the story. In the first half of the story, you're going to see certain themes developed, such as right here. In the first half of the book of Revelation, from Revelation chapter 1 to Revelation chapter 11, you see five themes, A, B, C, D, and E. Well, in a chiastic structure, what's going to happen is in the second half of the story, you will see the same five themes that you saw in the first half of the story, but they'll be written in reverse order. And you can see that in the second half of the book of Revelation. So the themes in the first half, A, B, C, D, E, they're repeated in the second half in reverse order. So you see A prime, B prime, C prime, D prime, E prime. Yeah. Yeah. And then typically in a chiastic structure, uh, the two sets of themes in the first and second half, they point you to what's called the central axis, which is X right there. In other words, uh, in biblical narratives, quite often the most important part of the story is in the middle. Not at, the be- not at the beginning, not at the end, but in the middle. And a chiastic structure is a thematic presentation of a story such that it points you to the central axis. So one of the reasons why the book of Revelation is difficult to understand is because it's not written in chronological order. Okay, so when the prophets wrote scripture, um, they did tend to write in chronological order 
but they also wrote in thematic order or in thematic patterns. And quite often, the thematic pattern is what's primary and the chronological order is subordinate to the, th the thematic order. So in other words, the book of Revelation is written in such a way that the themes in the first half, A, B, C, D, E, are repeated in the second half in reverse order, A prime, B prime, C prime, D prime, E prime. And then we have the central axis. So I'll give you a good example. We can look at one. Let's look at uh, connection A and A prime. So um, when you read Revelation chapter 1, 1 through 20, there are certain words and phrases that, uh, that you will read and when you read Revelation 22, 6 to 22, you will see a lot of those same words and phrases repeated again. And that's what establishes the thematic equivalence of Revelation 1, 1 to 20 and Revelation 22, 6 to 22. So, for instance, right at the beginning in Revelation 1, 1 through 20, it talks about how Yeshua is coming uh, uh, shortly. Well, in the book of Revelation, it also says, hey, you know, he's coming, he's coming shortly. Uh, in the first, uh, part of the book of Revelation, um, it's, it talks about, um, the integrity of the words of that book. And in the last chapter, it talks about, hey, anyone who, you know, anyone who takes away or adds to the words of this book, you know, so there's another theme. Um, so what you're going to find out is that many of the themes that are first mentioned in the book of Revelation, uh, verses 1, 1 through 20, will re be repeated in Revelation 22, 6 through 22. So that's kind of the, the first theme. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. So what do you, you know, having done all of this, what do you think, because it's pointing to the Acts, which is just a warfare Mm -hmm. um, dragon upon the women intercedes. So mm -hmm. is that really saying uh, war against the saints and the woman must be in Israel in this case, right? Mm -hmm. And her seed, uh, her descendants, like what, 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 what does it mean by her seed? Well, you know, it's a, it's pretty deep, <laughs> but this is what, uh, so this, this is what we'll do. So, um, Again, the reason why the book of Revelation is written this way is to point our attention to Revelation chapter 12. Okay, so that's the first thing. The first thing is that by understanding the thematic structure of the book, the first thing that we learn is what does, what does God, what does Adonai think is the most important part of this book? And so he tells us, and the reason, the way he tells us is through the structure. So once you under, you know, once you see all the connections, so Revelation chapter 12 is the central chapter of the book in order for us to understand what's going on in the book of Revelation. So and before so, we look at that. Um, okay. So let's, we can go back to that, to that one that you had open, because that's going to yeah. be that. Uh, before we do that, what do you think about? The two witnesses and the parallel with the two bees. What do you think that's all saying? It's uh, it's establishing that pattern that it is a warfare between um, Adonai and his servants and the uh, Satan and his servants. And so, what you'll see is that quite often the devil imitates uh, everything uh, that Adonai does. And so, just as Adonai sent the two witnesses. 
to witness, um, you know, to the world that they needed to repent. You have, you have oh, the two bees. Okay, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's great because I think uh, I just learned that today. So, uh, but isn't that war kind of going on at all times? Though I mean, the you know we're still battling spiritually the beast every single day as believers. So Absolutely. those two witnesses are like special witnesses. Is that tying into some other things in the Bible? Or because um, I, I try to read it, you know, in the book of Revelation where it describes it as all two olive trees and two lampstands. And in right. the first part of the book of Revelation, it goes through the seven churches. Mm -hmm. um, so is like the two witnesses, are they like body of people that out of you know when it described the two lampstand that really means two churches so when it got done explaining the seven churches is it two out of those seven churches that are going to be the witness or so, is it something completely different so um what the lord has shown me is that those two witnesses are two individuals and mm -hmm. um this goes so this right here what i'm about to share with you goes uh, with another set of connections. So whenever Adonai is about to bring judgment upon humanity, he's going to send multiple witnesses. Okay, so as far as the pre-Diluvian flood is concerned, he sent, he, um, he sent Enoch and he sent Noah. Okay, so in Jude, the book of Jude tells us that Enoch prophesied to the generation of the flood and said that he saw the Lord coming with thousands of his saints. So we know that Enoch prophesied of the judgment uh, that was coming. And we also know uh, it, this, the New Testament tells us that, um, that Noah was a preacher of right, righteousness. Before, so he sent two witnesses to preach to the Pre to the to the pre the pre the flood gen generation of the flood before he brought judgment he did the same thing with Sodom and Gomorrah when he before he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah he sent two angels the two men they came um, before he destroyed Egypt he sent Moses and Elijah. OK, and so we can continue to go on throughout the Bible. And what God does is before he's going to bring any type of devastating judgment, he will send two witnesses. And so, again, this is part of that studying thematically that I was telling you about, that when you see uh, a certain uh, event or in this case, it's a certain event where you see two people sent to a nation or to wherever um, uh, before judgment. So those are just three examples. There, there are many others. So um, the two witnesses, they are just part of a pattern uh, that God has established that he established way back in, in, in Genesis, you know, chapter, you know, in the first chapters of the book of Genesis, yeah. uh, which is, yeah, which is why it's so important to know the Old Testament, because all of the patterns are established there. Uh, right. As I've just shown you, I've just given you three examples. Okay, so um, we only have a few minutes. So what I could do is restart the Zoom call right after mm -hmm. this, because this will kick me out in seven minutes. Okay. But I wanted to talk about the this uh, chapter yeah. 12. So let's do that. Okay. Um, so this is parallel parallelism of chapter 12, 1 through 17, and 14, 
1 through 16. So what do you see the central theme? Well, okay, so so what I want what I need you to do is back out of this one because this isn't the right one. So let's oh, okay. right see where it says right there, right? Yeah, click on that one. Yes, click on that one. Because that one's gonna yes, okay. Oh, okay. So this is chapter 17 by itself. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what's happening here is the, the chapter 12 is a chiastic structure itself, just the book of, of just the chapter 12 itself. So if you see you have themes A, B, C, and D, and let's scroll down. So that's A, B, C, D. And then see, there's the central axis right there where the X is. And then all the themes A, B, C, D, and E in the first half are repeated in the second half in reverse order. So you see... A prime, B prime, C prime, and D prime. And so that establishes, you know, the thematic patterns there. And what I do is I show the connections as different color highlights and things like that. So for instance, let me give you an example. Go up to A and um, you see right there where it says, um, it said, like in the green, it says, then being with child, it talks about a woman Look, the woman and a garland of 12 stars. It talks about then being with child and it talks about a fiery red dragon. Now go all the way to end uh, to the end and find a prime further down, a little bit further down. Yeah. And you'll see again, see the dragon again. The dragon was enraged and again, the woman with the woman. And then remember in, the, in, in a in the first half, it talked about. It talked about her child, right? And now in A prime, it's talking about the rest of her offspring. You see, so these are just themes helping to establish the thematic nature of this chapter. Um, but so what's, mm -hmm. If you were to put it in, you know, words of what we know today, what, what is it really saying? So the dragon that was enraged with the woman, is the woman here a reference to Israel? It is. Yes. The woman is a, a reference to Israel and um, the rest of her offspring is defined in Revelation set 12, 17 right here. And the dragon was enraged with the woman and he went to make war with the remnant of her seed or the rest of her offspring. And then it tells you who they are. So the, the rest of the offspring of the woman Israel are those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Yeshua Messiah. Okay. So that's who the that's who the remnant of her seed is. So this chapter here it talks about three different. Um, it talks about three uh, um, three different groups of people. It talks about the woman. It talks about the man child, up in verse five, and it talks about the remnant of her seed. And so those are three different uh, group. You know, those are three different groups of people. So in Revelation. Uh, 12, uh, one, it talks about the woman, uh, and that's going to be Israel. But then in, um, Rev in part B revelation 12, four B to five, it says, and the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child. As soon as it was born, she bore a man child, male child who was to rule all nations with a rod and her child was caught up to God in his throne. Isn't so, that talking about Jesus? 
No, actually, it's not. It seems like it is, but it's actually uh, what I believe is is another group of people. So I believe it's I believe that this uh, this child here, this male child, is one hundred and forty four thousand. Okay. Um, so, so in the beginning here, is uh, there was a great sign appeared in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would that be referenced to? Because it's making astrological references that woman is clothed with the sun and moon under her feet. So is so that a specific is, sorry, time period? Or so, uh-huh. how do you interpret that? So Revelation 12.1 is a direct reference to Genesis chapter 37 when Joseph had his dreams. So that's, that's not there. But if you, if, if you went over to Bible Gateway, if you looked at uh, Genesis 37, let's look that up and we can read and then we can, we can go back and forth and you can see uh, that. So remember, Joseph had dreams. Let's go down to, uh, let's keep going a little further. And let's uh, right there. Um, right there, verse nine, starting in verse nine. So Revelation chapter 12 is when they talks about the woman with the, with the, uh, the, the garland of 12 stars, it's a, it's a direct thematic connection or reference to this event here. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars, and of course, Joseph would be the 12th star, uh, they bow down to me. So there you have the you have the woman, you have um, the sun, the moon, and the 12 stars. And so that's how we know that the woman in Revelation chapter 12 is the nation of Israel, because Jacob and his family here, they are the nucleus for the nation of Israel. Uh, They are the ones that gave rise to the nation of Israel. So they are prophetically here, the beginning of the nation of Israel. So what's the reference here in Genesis with the moon and the 11 stars? Is that the brothers, the 11 stars? Yes. So the sun would be Jacob. The moon would be um, uh, Joseph's mother, and then the 11 stars, his other brothers. And that's how Jacob interpreted it. When you look further, it says, so he told it to his father's, uh, his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, because now look how Jacob interprets this. What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth to you? So see, Jacob is automatically saying, okay, he's automatically equating the sun with himself, the moon with his mother, and the 11 stars as his brother. Okay, so let's keep that thought in mind. Uh, I'm going to end this right here and then send you a new link in the email. All right. Okay, it's going to be a cliffhanger because there was a second part to this for another 40 minutes. And it was a great podcast, but I was a dummy. I didn't hit record. And we went through deep dive into chapter 12 Revelation and how all these things tied together. The 144,000. Uh, the two witnesses, and even what are some of the terms meant with the moon and the stars and the um, and the astrological signs mentioned in Revelation twelve. So unfortunately, I didn't get to save all that. So we'll have to do another part two. Pastor Tony is uh, gracious enough to try 
to come back and do another podcast with me. And, you know, this was a very informative podcast, and uh, I think it'll help you guys to be able to read the Bible in a different way to tie things together, which is something we all need right now is to try to make sense of from past, present, and future. But I wanted to show you guys his uh, website. It's called Restoration of Torah. This is where you can find all the stuff that we were talking about. Uh, if you go under All Things Revelation, uh, these are all the, uh, the, the chiastic structures that he's already done uh, book by book on each of the chapters of Revelation. And then the overall short uh structure that we talked about earlier on how to break down the book of revelation so there's very interesting stuff that you can find on his website uh, which is restorationoftorah.org and then if you go on the home page you will see his uh, video from youtube and if you click on that you'll be able to get to his youtube channel so there you will be able to see all of the different teachings there as well. Uh, and he has different playlists. And so there's, there's a lot of informative videos that he does. And you can learn a lot and do different Bible studies and stuff. He has many different teachings from Genesis to all the way through Revelation. So uh, go ahead and subscribe to his YouTube channel and his website for other additional resources. But uh, again, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to save the second half, which was another 40 minutes of great, great teaching. And it was actually better than the first half um, because we really went right into it. So hopefully I'll try to recapture some of his teaching on the next podcast. Thank you for listening.